You're listening to the Punctuation with One Period Show. We are live from KDIF 102.9 FM, South Phoenix Radio. You can stream us live on KDIF.org or on the Listen to My Radio app Mondays, every Monday, starting at 8 p.m. You can also check out the Punctuation with One Period Show website. That's pw1pshow.com, where our show archives are on demand on all of your favorite podcast platforms and please live chat with us either via the YouTube chat or our text message line 855-422-PW1P that's 855-422-7917. I'm joined tonight with Tullison Union High School District President Delvin Del Palacio. How, How you doing? doing? I'm doing all right man. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm doing all right. Uh, thank you for having me. Thank you for inviting me. I um, appreciate you giving a, a voice to us folks out here in the community. My pleasure. My pleasure. Um, I've seen you know I've seen you around in the in the in the streets of Phoenix in this area a little bit. You know I know you're a mover and a shaker out here. So first off, before and I want to we talked a little bit off 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 uh, mic. I want to get all your story right. Mm. But first off, introduce yourself as far as your current uh, situation. What does it mean to be president of a school district? Um, what, what is involved in that role? And what do you personally bring to that role? Mm. So currently, uh, I sit on a governing board for Tallson Your High School District, as you had mentioned. I am in my eighth year, so um, in which is my second term. And I'm coming at the end of that second term. So this year is a re-election year for me. Um, I also serve as the chairman for the National Black Council of School Board Members. Um, and I sit on the board of directors for the National School Board Association. Are you, are you busy enough? So, uh, obviously not. I just, and by the way, these are all unpaid positions. Uh -oh. You know, I do this because, and the only reason why I say that is because I think people believe that elected officials, everyone gets paid, but we don't. At least right. not school board members. And so we do this strictly out of the passion, or at least for me, I do this out of the passion of wanting to make sure our kids reach their full potential. I, I appreciate that you pointed out, um, you know, not, not just for nothing, but the, the part that not all these positions are paid. Um, I was just on a, on a discussion yesterday and we talked about, you know, the idea of, and we talked about it just earlier, right? The idea that what you have to do just to be able to like, quote, make it, right? So we'll get we'll get more into that, but I'm glad you pointed that out because a lot of people think you know you're in this position or you have this title and automatically like you ball like that's what the kids think, right? That is exactly <laughs> what the kids think. But I'm like I, you know I also you know have a, another obviously I have to have another gig to pay the bills, keep the lights on. Um, but you know what? I don't regret the decision I made eight years ago to run for the school board. It has been one of the most rewarding. Um, contributions I've made thus far in my 34, soon to be 35 years on this planet. Um, you know, it's just, it's when you're doing it right. When I say doing it right, when you're doing it with the with the positive intent, and you're intentional with the work for trying to have an impact to really help kids get a leg up before they graduate, helping them discover their passions, um, creating cultures of inclusion on campus. Um, that that makes it all worth it, you know. So, um, like, I, like I like I said, I there's although it's uncompensated, I, I do. There are many benefits I get from the students, from the parents, the community, and just meeting other great people from across the state and even across the nation. Right on, right on. 
Um, so let, let's go back. I, I, I told you I wanted your whole story. Yes, so sir. where where was your earliest memory as far as education or, or school or school system? Well, first I'll say this. Um, you know, my mom had me when she was just 16 years old. Okay. She had me at a very young age. So, which means we didn't necessarily have it easy, nor, nor did she. Mm. I attended eight different public schools. Wow. Eight different public schools. Those three of those were high schools. Um, so, and that wasn't because, um, you know, we just loved to move. It was, it was because wherever the work was, that's well, that's where we went. Yeah. Wherever it was affordable to live, well, that's where mom went. It's a common story, but yeah, yeah. So a lot of the students that we serve who are very transient, that was me. Mm. Um, and so, you know, but uh, one of the earliest memories I have um, in going to school is is. Well, this one, that, this one always sticks out to me. I was in second grade, uh, Miss Law's class, and you know, we're taking our state standard standardized test, and on the bubble sheet, it's either mark your race or ethnicity, mm-hmm. <clears throat> white, black, right, Hispanic, right, non-Hispanic, yeah. or non-white, Native American. Mm-hmm. I said, well, Miss Law, I raised my hand. I said, Miss Law. Hey, early, okay. Early, so I was like, well, what do I do? Yeah. And she goes, Devin, don't be silly. You're a Negro. Ooh-wee. And I was like... Okay, I know the brown bag test. You know, that must mean black. And not granted, this shit is in front of the whole class. The whole class was laughing, and I mm. felt embarrassed, and it was weird. And I never forgot that moment. And I remember saying, mm. "Man, if I tell my mom, I might even be more embarrassed because now she's gonna come on here." And so I, 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 I held it in as a kid. You know, I didn't really say anything because I felt my mom, and I didn't say anything until much later. She was like, "Boy, why didn't you tell me?" And I'm like, "Well, you know." But that was one experience that I'll never forget. And so, in fact, I was a good student, loved school. But as I got older, I began to just become disengaged. Always, you know, I was I was in trouble for talking too much. Sure. It gets into the office, um, you know, for, for for little tiniest of things, and uh, and uh, you know, so I couldn't wait to get out. So it's ironic that now I am responsible for seven high schools, thirteen thousand students, multi-million dollar contracts, and and throughout my my schooling experience, public school experience was not the best. Right. Certainly, I had yes, one or two good teachers that I always remember. Yeah. But. I mean, it wasn't always the best. That, that's so so fascinating. Um, like we talked a little bit on mm. my, my my background in behavioral health, um, working with trauma, historical trauma mm-hmm. specifically. Um, are you able? I, I wouldn't necessarily think so at that time, right? To be able to kind of articulate the way in which that uh, hardship it, overall throughout your upbringing, but then specifically that second grade. But but looking back, are you able to kind of kind of identify how that kind of shaped it and steered you in certain instances as you as one hundred percent? What it did was it created an insecurity about mm-hmm. my identity. Yeah. Um, and I remember you know always challenging myself and being with other then other friends in the community and you know, et cetera, and no, I'm, I'm not Mexican, I'm black, or mm. I'm not black, I'm Mexican. Right. As a young kid, confused, right. thinking I had to choose a side to, to, to appease my group of friends here, or maybe even some family members, right. or, or, or cousins, or you know, whoever I was around at that time. And I grew up right here, South Phoenix, 19th Avenue, uh, Buckeye, Cofield Project Housing. Okay. Um, you know, and you know, I spent a lot of time there, and you know, we had blacks and we had Mexicans, and so right. it's like you had to choose one. You know, and it's weird because at a young age, second, third grade, they, they, you know, they had little set, little gangs, and you know, and and I look back now and I think how silly was that? But as a kid, I was terrified. These kids were crazy. You know, when I was little, but looking back, I was like, how silly was this? But 
what it did was to answer your question again, is it that again of embarrassment of, of saying, well, you can't possibly be two or have two. Absolutely. And, and, and like, why do I have to pick, right? Like, mm-hmm. like you said, like you got parents, but I have to choose one. And what does that mean? Right? Bro. Yeah. So that was, you know, and I tell that story and people are shocked by that and they're surprised and some people are hurt. But I'm like, hey, and that's just me. One, you know, who's, who, who knows how many children of color, black, Hispanic, or what have you, mm-hmm. have had similar experiences in the classroom where they're being singled out. Absolutely. Uh, called out and, Absolutely. And, and, and what their response is. And, and it continues, right? It, it continues. I never understood. I was, um, you know, again, I would get sent to the office for quote unquote talking too much and I'd be in the office for hours, just like Bart Simpson writing on the chalk wall, just sit, I will not talk again. I will not talk, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, I would write pages and sentences of perfected my, <laughs> My penmanship, <laughs> bro, and, and that's why that's why I chuckled a little bit because you know, brother, I I know you do some speaking engagement. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny now I get paid for it. <laughs> now I get paid for talking, man, and obviously it helped obviously with politics and community. But when I was a kid, I was penalized. Right, I pulled out of class of instruction and sat in the dark room, mm. in the back, in the you know, in the closet, you know, writing these sentences out. Right, it's right. just crazy. But you know, looking back on it, man. It's 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 it's, it's wild that <laughs> yeah. So so in your high school age, you know, I'm sure you were asked by like probably your school counselor or, or you know just normal conversation during that age, right? What did you want to be? Like, what was your dream occupation or what was your your dream period at, at that age? Well, I was never asked that question. With my really? Counselor. What? Oh well, okay. Let, I had never. Let me not be surprised because I know how they do. But okay, go ahead. I maybe saw my counselor once. Okay. I ended up my three, four years of high school. Mm. Uh, and that question didn't come up. Mm. The question didn't come up about what I wanted to be. Right. Uh, so, especially since, remember, I went to three different high schools, so I guess I don't know if I didn't develop enough be, rapport yeah. or if, again, I, I don't think it's any excuse. Of course. And I know they're overwhelmed, especially sure. now. But looking back at it, I'm like, man, I never got a chance to sit with my counselor and say, hey, this is what I want to do. It was more like, hey, here's your classes, this is what you need to do. Pass them and that's it. Or you're failing here and that's it. And I was just like, mm-hmm. okay, whatever, and out. You know, I didn't, never felt like they cared enough to, sure. I, I just didn't have that experience. It, 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 it was probably more, presumably more of a, you know, if you're going to graduate. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah. That is wild. So, okay. So <laughs> let me rephrase the question uh, outside of being asked, what just, you know, what did you come up with? What did you see or what you, were you exposed to that you thought you could find yourself doing? Well, in high school? Sure. I mean, that's usually around the age, right, when we start to have those those thoughts or no? Yeah, I mean, well, when I, you know, of course, when I was a kid, I'm like, oh, I want to be, you know, an astronaut or a fireman right, right. or, you know, something like that. But in high school, I had no idea, man. I, okay. I guess I thought like most kids do, thinking I'm going to make it in sports. Okay. You know, I played football, you know, varsity, you know, moved on, moved up to JV very quickly freshman year, then played varsity my sophomore year. You know, but that's every kid. They think they're going to make it, and that's just an unfortunate, un, that's, not, that's not a reality. Less than 2% make it get offered a scholarship right. less than two percent get offered a d1 scholarship right. you have to have the grades and my grades weren't t- top tier and but again that's the mentality that we're being sold yeah. um so i didn't look to anything else i said well maybe business but i didn't really understand what mm. um i just i had no clue to be honest i had no freaking clue uh, i couldn't tell you i couldn't give you an answer um now i th- what's what's funny is and i don't even know why i did this i was looking i found the old school picture that I took at the mall when they black those backgrounds you used to take at the mall them glamour shots <laughs> you, you show up and they have them backgrounds the air, the, paint, the air, spray brush the airbrush background <laughs> yeah. the little diamonds in the back 
I don't know why I did that. I remember I went down to Chris Town Mall and I went to the Glamour Shot and Chris I must Town have been Mall. yeah, I must have been in eighth grade or, or freshman year, or just you know freshman year, no, no no more than freshman year, man. I think it was maybe before the beginning of my freshman year, and I remember going down there getting the. I don't know why I got these Glamour Shots. Maybe it was to hand them out to the honeys or you know my little crushes. It was funny, man. But on one of the, I found one of them. And oh, on from a, back in the day? From back in the day. And on the back, of, actually, my aunt had it or somebody had it. They, they just collected it from whoever. And on the back of the thing, it said, uh, to whoever, whoever, from Devin, a.k.a. the future mayor. And I didn't know what a mayor did. I didn't know, you know what I mean? But, and I can't remember why I put that. But it's funny how eventually I did get in, you know, I am involved with, on a some level of politics. Now, I'm not the mayor or anything, but... I'm heavily involved in those circles right. and, and, and involved in, in, the, in the political sphere. And so it was just crazy how that turned out. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> At that age, as you transitioned out of high school, what was your, or what was it that gave you that? Because you, like you said, you you were disinterested in, in high school, right? So what was that pivot point? Who or what like gave you that spark, right? That motivation or that push Yeah, or that whooping? Word of whooping, you know, man, I gave mom such a hard time and, you know, just being a single parent and, you know, I had a stepdad at the time and, you know, but, and he did his best and, you know, he coached me quite a bit and taught me how to, you know, speak with confidence and, you know, dress professional, dress like a man and, and always present myself well. And he always said, boy, you got to get the gab. You can talk, you, you know, you, one day you're going to be involved in politics or business or something. You're going to do something like that. That's what he would tell me. Yeah. You know, he's like, you, you, you talk your way out of any situation. You always <laughs> try to talk your way out of getting in trouble and. I said, yeah, I don't know, maybe, um, you know, but uh, what I wanted to do, man, I just knew I wanted to get a job and move out the house, you know, because I wanted my freedom, just like a lot of these young 17, 18-year-olds, um, and so that's what I did, uh, <laughs> and I, I jumped into the real world, you know, and, um, and, and, and bumped my head a few times, obviously. Mm -hmm. Before I realized, As we all do, yeah. yeah, like we all do. Before I realized, this isn't too sustainable. I gotta figure this out. Yeah, and it wouldn't be till I was twenty-three. Okay, twenty-three, and I found out I was gonna be a dad, and that was when the light bulb turned on for me. Mm. That is when the light bulb turned on for me. All right, all right. Mm -hmm. So, like we, again, we were, we were talking about <laughs> talking about the youth um, and, and our, our children uh, off mic. Um, it, it's as we flash back forward. Um, so I'm gonna ask you, you know, some some, some comparative questions, right? Because I'm sure at that age, and I don't want to hear from you, but I'm sure at that age, finding out you're going to become a father, and now being involved with so many kids, right, and, and still having having kids of your own, um, I'm just thinking about all of the comparing. Boy, oof! I gotta figure this out. And um, what am I really going to do with the rest of my life? What am I going to invest my time in? You know, at the time I was working for a bank, processing home loans and mortgages, and okay. it was a paycheck, and it was it was all right money. It was decent. Yeah. But I felt like I was just another number, and I wanted to do something that would have a positive impact on my daughter's life. And so. I did like any millennial would do and Googled how to get involved in the community. Literally. Okay. <laughs> Went on Google how to get involved. Just looking to see who 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 are these who are my representatives and really? why does my neighborhood still look the same? So, yeah. So 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 you trying to tell me that you didn't have any any like given insight, no one led you down that path or I Googled it at you know, so 
the first time I voted was for Barack Obama. Uh-huh. The first time I voted in any election was for Barack Obama. Sure. Obviously. Well, I mean, I say obviously because I think a lot of young folks prior to that didn't vote. And Absolutely. I didn't think it was... I didn't think it was for me. I didn't know if it mattered, right? I right. saw a bunch of boring old white dudes talking about a bunch of stuff I didn't know about. Absolutely. And it was weird. As a kid, I used to watch the State of the Unions, but I never knew what I was watching. I would just mm. watch it. I don't know why. Yeah. And, and that makes a kid in high school or even in junior high, I remember just watching them suckers. They would come. Yeah. And my stuff still looks the same. Why does this community look like the same way it did 20-some years ago? This is yeah. ridiculous. I'm going to look up how to get involved, how to run for office. Okay. And I did. And 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 <laughs> it was funny because I thought I knew all the answers, right? I was like, "That's it, I'm running for office." So, so th- that that's such a trip to me, right? Um, it, it's such a trip because for a few reasons. I had Miss um, Sean Pearson on the show uh, a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, and she's running um, for political office, and sim kind of similar. Um, we talked about like no experience, no prior experience, no background. In, in politics or like so we, we kind of we kind of pause like I guess you don't need it just just you know find out what you need to find out um, look up what you need to look up um, get whatever information you need to apply to get listed or you know that process sure and then go for it you know sure. get your your tribe of support your 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 community um, backing and, and and go well I'll say this <clears throat> you're right but I will also say this <clears throat> Looking back at it now, <clears throat> and I'm glad somebody set my butt down. Okay. 25, maybe 20, it was 24. Okay. 24, 24 and a half, 25. You're running for city council. That's, you know, a couple people would chime in. I had to talk to in the business community to get the support. I didn't know. I just knew I wanted to run. Yeah. And I met with a longtime family friend of mine who at the time worked for the city of Phoenix. Uh, his name is uh, 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 Raymond. And I met with him, and he goes, I told him my plan. He goes, that's a nice kid. He literally <laughs> said, that's cool. What do you know about the community? Yeah. Why should why should they vote for you? Why should we vote for you? And I was like, damn, I couldn't even muster up. You know what I mean? I didn't muster up the answer. I just thought, well, because I look good and I have good ideas. These are my ideas. Right, right. And he's like, no, 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 no. The community doesn't know you. Mm. How, you ever thought about doing something like a community cleanup? And I said, no. He's like, yeah, you know what? Why don't you do that just uh, as a way to get to know the community? Get your name out there. Yeah. I'll tell you what. We'll give you all the tools you need. Just get people out. I said, all right. So I bought, borrowed tools from the city of Phoenix, organized a community cleanup mm-hmm. in the same area in which I kind of grew up in, and invited people to come out. And the only people that came out were my family members. <laughs> and I had to bribe them with donuts and, yeah, of course, you know, yeah. and gas money. And, and you know, my aunt let me use her truck to pick up the tools, but we did it. And after we did it, everyone felt good. Mm-hmm. And what we noticed was there was like two neighbors who came out who wanted to help, help clean. It's United, PHX United. And from there, we would go on doing major community cleanups on MLK Days of Service, or Travis Day of Service, nice. um, and we would get corporations to lean in and bring their volunteers in. It became a big thing, and I finally understood what he said was, you know, by by first building community, right, and letting the community know who you are. Anyone can run for office. You don't need a degree. You just need to be a citizen and be 18 years of age, right. But I do believe there is a right way to do it in that you have authentic relationships in the community and you invest the time in developing the community before you say you want to earn a spot to represent the community. I truly believe that. Sure. I, I mean, yeah, I encourage people to run, but I also think they should, they should 
do their homework, do their research, and absolutely put some, sh- have some skin in the game before throwing your name in there. Absolutely, and, and I, I believe that's so powerful. One, again, props to the, the gentleman who yeah. men- mentored you in that way, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, cause we, we all need that, right? Hey, listen, we, yep. Again, we talk about uh, having that tribe around you, not just to support you and cheerlead, but to say, hey, well, wait a minute, you might want to do it this way, right. or slow down, bro. Yep. Yeah, because um, again, <laughs> We, we lack that oftentimes, right? We find ourselves caught out. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the, the idea of, and then again, it resonates so much, of, of doing something that is, is beyond ourselves, beyond our individual right self, something that other people can see. Obviously, they're seeing you if you're the organizer, right? But it, like you say, people come out and they participate. Yes. Someone else is gonna to wanna to participate. Yes. And at the end of it, they feel good because of that participate participation and from that, um, and then you like you say you you develop nice um, with this organization working on immigration reform and civic engagement. At, 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 sorry, sorry yeah. to cut you off, but I, I'm I'm still fixated on, on the age and and yeah, obviously I have different perspective now at my age, mm-hmm. but at, at your age at that time, um, you talked about. The, the one person saying, you know, you, you, youngster, yeah. let, let me let me help, help you out. out. Yeah. Um, but broader than that, what type of kind of feedback, opposition potentially did you get um, trying to do, quote, so much at such a young age? Yeah. But then also yourself, um, like twofold question, were there points where you're at points in time where, where you were like, wow, I'm, I'm a network. Dude, what do you do? And that would open up the doors and I would communicate and network with people. And I started showing up to more events and people started to recognize me. People who were running for office were like, hey, so what do you do? What do you do? Um, I'll never forget when I met now Congressman Greg Stanton when mm-hmm. he was running, first running for mayor. And I said, hey, man, I'm really trying to get involved in the politics. What do you recommend I do? I want to run for office now. I just had a baby. That's right. That's okay? right. I just had a baby. And at the time, Let's not forget. my daughter's mother, my mother was not having that. She was not, didn't like the idea of necessarily me being out in the community around other people doing this she did mm. and that became the first uh, sort of uh, the first sort of I don't know what you call incident that would lead to our, our eventual split mm. because I chose my vision for the community sure over hers which was for me not to do that and just have a regular nine to five and I couldn't do it couldn't do it because I saw the greater vision I saw how this would benefit my daughter right and here we are 12 years later and it worked I mean it did and I know we're, we're going to jump back but just to fast forward real briefly yeah. oh it's paid it's dividends it's benefited my kids 100% it's benefited my life changed my life enhanced my life the, you know, done things I would have never done before this poor kid coming from the projects who's, whose mother had him at 16 you mm-hmm. know now going to the White House now going to these national conferences speaking on panels uh, becoming a thought leader because I put in the time to learn the craft um, and so but I just wanted to jump course, to the future yeah, real quick. Yeah. But so at that time, yeah, it was scary, man. I was like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm my family years old where I said, I have to do this. And I'm glad I did. <laughs> to, and, 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 and thank you. Um, you know, we're, we're all glad you did. Um, a couple of, a couple of thoughts. Um, I've talked a little bit about this other show, uh, the doctor visited. Mm-hmm. I asked you the same thing. I'll, I'm planning to ask them next time we meet. Um, the, the challenges, of, of home life and family when we are, and this is the second part of the question, when we are following our passion and or our calling, right? Because oftentimes, 
especially early on, our passion isn't necessarily what is going to bring a big check, right? Our calling, especially if we're building something, if, if it's entrepreneurial oh, yeah. or grassroots, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily, you know, going to be getting that good office job, right? Not quote good mm-hmm. office job. Um, so I'll, I'll ask you, like, so, and you, and you mentioned a little bit, how 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 hard was that choice, right? And then at the same time, as you proceeded through that separation, how much of that deficit of support, like how hard, or, or, or not necessarily how hard, but talk about yeah. overcoming that type of challenge. Yeah, I mean, and here's the deal. I mean, <clears throat> it was definitely rough. Yeah. You know, I moved out, um, you know, and stayed with a family member. But before that, I was sleeping in my car for a little bit. I don't know if you've heard, but community organizers don't pay <laughs> jack nothing. I mean, it, it comes with a check, but it's more like a stipend, in my opinion, okay? Right, right. For a grown, full adult with a child, it's a stipend, okay? Right. I wasn't a college kid with an intern. I wasn't, sure. you know, I was a grown man who needed to buy food, diapers for my child, and pay rent and have car insurance and gas. And Absolutely. It was a struggle bus. I mean, many nights of Little Caesars, many nights of, you know, the, the top ramen, just like how I grew up as a kid, just very struggle bus. I think, you know, it was a had to have my aunt chip in to help in and she really poured into me and was really supportive and she supported the work I was doing. My other aunt would help babysit my daughter when nice. I had her while I was out organizing, while I was out registering people to vote. They they, they they really provided that extra layer of support that I needed that otherwise, you know, had it not been there, I wouldn't have been able to, to excel in what I was trying to build. And so I'm so thankful to, to the aunts and my theas that, that leaned in in the early stages of what I was trying to do and who saw the vision. There were some who said, I should just stop, give it up, what are you right. doing? But I, you know, I had this one Thea who really believed in it and saw it and, and, and she helped me out. She'd give me her last damn dollar mm. she, if, she, if, she, if she could just to, just to help me. If it just meant helping man. me get ahead, yeah. if it meant helping me get ahead, she was gonna do it. Uh, from selling burritos or selling food, selling plates, making stuff, she, whatever it is, she would do she it. Had you. She had me, man. And there was times where I, I wouldn't even speak up because I, I saw that and I didn't, you know, and I felt bad. I felt a, a two, two, uh, uh, you know, uh, income support, right, in the yeah. one household, all yeah. that. I, I went and did it, man, because I, I just, again, I saw what this could be for my daughter. Um, I didn't know how far it could go. Right. I didn't know what opportunities it could lead to. I just knew it was the right thing to do. That, that, that's amazing. We, we talk about, you know, you know, finding your purpose, uh, following your call, I mean, an- answering that call, and how when you avoid that or, or put it off, you, again, you, you, you may have made a different choice, you know, had a decent job or whatever, mm. but you wouldn't have been necessarily whole. I, you know, like many of us do make those choices, right? And we find ourselves in a job, but then we're like disgruntled, um, all types of other unwellness or unhappiness that, that are tied to that. Um, and like I say, when you, it's like backwards, right? When we chase the money initially, not, not that all of that mm-hmm. is bad, right? But when we chase the money initially, we find ourselves in a position that we're not necessarily fulfilled in, right? 100%. Versus following that passion. And oftentimes when we follow that passion or that calling is tied to community, right? And right. I, go ahead. And I, you, feel, you feel full. Right. I felt full. So although I was struggling, I still felt full. And I guess maybe, you know, because I grew up watching my mom work 40 plus hours a week. And by the way, she still does to this day mm. to support herself. Her mom, and I, you know, 100%. I mean, dude, I mean, look, it wasn't a pretty situation that she was put in. I couldn't imagine being a 16-year-old having a kid, having to drop out of high school, getting kicked out of the house for getting pregnant. And, you know, because back in the day, 
grandma wasn't playing that. You right, know, it was yeah. like, you want to be an adult, then you go and get your own. And so she did, and you know, she made a choice. And you know what? I'll share something very personal. A few months ago, she had told me that, you know, she thought about giving me up, having an mm. abortion. And it was her friend named David who talked her out of it, who said, Pam, you don't know what this child could be. Ooh. You don't know what he might grow up to do, what he's going to be in this world. If you do this, I'll never, you know, see you to say, Papa. And she didn't. She decided to mm, roll with hold it, on. roll with the punches. And she almost named me David because of that, her friend, her best friend at the time. And, you know, and she told me, she goes, I'm so glad I made a decision because look at you now. You know, I took her wow, out for to celebrate her 52nd birthday, and we went out to a real nice dinner and, you know, a place where, as a kid, we wouldn't even dream of going. Yeah. You know, and um, and she just is just she's just so proud, and you know, and 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 my personal views on this thing is I still support a women's choice, and I'm glad my mom made that choice, um, but that was her choice and solely hers. To right. Make. Right. Absolutely. And and she did it, but it wasn't easy for her. She put up with a lot, um, and so again. Seeing her struggle at her job, seeing her get disrespect, disrespected at the men by her job, or just her job in period, I said, well, damn, why should I be loyal to these companies? And I didn't. Man, I was, my mom, the fact like, man, you always, you switch jobs like you switch underwear. I said, yeah, because they don't care. I See, my mom go with what she went through. I, from a young age, knew that these corporations and big companies, they don't really care. Yeah. You are employee two, three, four, five. Absolutely. You know, whatever, dash Absolutely. one. You clock in, you clock out. You have 15 minutes to go to the bathroom, better not be late. You know, you have 10, and that never fit me. So right. I said, well, I'm just going to do what I want to do. <laughs> um, and I don't care if you, so I'm, I'm the no loyalty to any company. So whoever offers me a dollar more, I'm out. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and you know, that's what, it, and then it's funny because now it's, it's a trend with millennials. You know, I'm, I'm a millennial. Stay long if we don't feel valued there. Right. And, and I was going to ask at, at like how early, um, if not that first uh, employment opportunity, but like what kind of facilitated that, that mind state with you? I can remember um, the first time I kind of felt that, like, well, you you really don't value me, like, you know what I'm saying, like, <laughs> like you like you you go you go through jobs and you like you get to a point where like you threaten to quit, right? Yeah. Well, forget that, I'm gonna quit. And the response was, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, wait, wait, what? You mean mm-hmm. what? You're not gonna try to stop me? Like, like in a relationship, right? Oh. Like, you you okay if I leave? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh, okay. So you just you don't care, huh? You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, and that's that's what it was. So I, I said, you know what? Um, I really need to figure out what my purpose is. You know, mm-hmm. and it's funny. I've always been, <clears throat> you know, I, I, I'm a very, as I've gotten older, I've become more of a spiritual person. As you've gotten older, as I got, as I've gotten older, <laughs> I'm just, I've, I've become a more spiritual person. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, you know, not necessarily r- religious, but spiritual in that I believe in the universe can sometimes send you clues and signs Absolutely. throughout this journey and you know I've always been told again man you have to give the gab you know what you're good at talking to people right? don't matter who it is you can connect with these folks um, and and finally I just realized you know what I, I would just love to help people I said it wouldn't it be nice to just just get paid to do good work in the community or helping out folks who are struggling and and so once I tried to once I narrowed down what my purpose was my passion then then I started yeah. to make the decisions and then the universe started to align in, in a mm. way that, you know, allowed me to be on this journey. Yeah. And so I don't want people to, you know, they see me eight, 10 years now, t- uh, 12 years later, they think, oh man, but understand, <laughs> it was a struggle bus. It was a yeah. journey. Yeah. A lot of uh, uh, lessons learned, um, a lot of burnt bridges, a lot mm. of lost relationships. Mm. 
sacrifices for sure. Yeah. Uh, to get to where I am now, and so you know, but I'm, I'm glad you asked that question because people always just see all the, the pictures on Facebook and yeah, you're doing this, you're doing that, but you don't understand. It was it, it hasn't always right, you know. So that's why I'm glad you have this platform so we can have candid conversations and just be real and and and, and say you know, kind of share the truth. Absolutely, absolutely, and I, I think. Um, like you say, I think when people have the opportunity to hear the truth like that, to, to get exposed to that beyond right what they just see the 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 top success story or correct, whatever. Correct. Uh, I think um, I think it'll. I think when people hear that, when they have the opportunity to hear that, it's like exposure. We talk a lot about it about exposure, right? Mm. Um, you being a, a person of color in in your role. Mm. We talked about last week, um, Brother Barnes being a black superintendent, right? Rare. We, right. <laughs> we, we talk about exposure and representation, and just just seeing that, right, um, gives people like, oh, okay, I didn't know, but now now I see, right? So similarly, when people hear these stories and hear someone like you share stuff like that. Um, it, it will ideally enlighten them like, oh, I'm going through something similar, a, a challenge, or I have this hardship. I hear him tell that story. He's in that position. He has overcome to it. You know, mm -hmm. he's, we're all still on a journey, right? Now, now I'm a little bit more comfortable or a little bit more hopeful, right, that I can do something, something great with my life. That's it. Yeah. That, that's, that's what these stories are about is, is letting folks know you're not necessarily alone in what you're going through. Yeah. And trust the process. You know, you have to trust the process. Never lose sight of that vision that you have. I'm, you know, because you might give it up and you might have just, you know, been right there where you get right ready there. to turn the corner. Right there, yeah. And, you know, and that's no cliche. That's no. Well, uh, 20 years ago. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> tell, tell us how you're feeling today. Oh, man. I mean, there's just. Again, I have had the opportunity to have these experiences in my life that again I would have never thought as a kid that I would have yeah never ever ever and so who knows and I'm excited for the future man because who knows what what else is out there absolutely absolutely so going back just a little bit yeah and and, and um what was your uh well so first off so how long have you been in your current position eight years oh eight years eight years I didn't realize it was that long yeah man I've been there for eight years now I'm up for re-election and uh you know, for, for one last final term. Okay. One last final term. There's no term limits, but I also don't believe in sitting in one spot forever. Right. I just, there's a few things that I want to get done in the district, and uh, we're doing, we've done a hell of a good job, and we've made some tremendous changes, but, you know, so I've been on the board now for eight years. So is that, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm trying to do the math real quick. So the, was that your first? Yeah. Okay. That was my first position so, that I ran for, right. So how did you land on... The that, school board? Yeah. Again, man, I said, look, I have a young daughter, and I want to make sure that all girls that look like her, mm. my beautiful brown baby, that they're going to have an opportunity to have a, a, a better experience than what I had growing through the system. Yeah. You know, and, and it's no secret how crappy Arizona is in terms of education outcomes and spending and et cetera. And I, the potential and responsibility that school members have. Yeah. Uh, the role they play in helping our kids reach their full potential and like really creating good schools, man. There's research that shows if you have bad, if you're a bad, if you have bad board members and dysfunctional, research shows that that seeps through engaged board members. Well, that leads to high outcomes in the classroom. I mean, so yeah, man. So that's you know, so I'm eight years in. I'm, I'm glad. Thank you for uh, sharing that last part because I was going to ask you. Like I said uh, last week, we talked with the superintendent. Hmm. Um, and kind of talked about 
what that role does yes. and stuff like that. Um, clearly, we're familiar with the teacher role, mm -hmm. um, principals and stuff like that. So again, from with, with your experience, both as a parent and as a former student yourself, being in your role, how do you, I'm trying to think best how to, how to get the answer I'm looking for from you. How do you, in, in your role, kind of navigate understanding the challenges, right? Um, not only for, for you, for your daughter um, or kids, um, of black and brown people, and then also understanding that, but, but approaching it from, from the position that you're in, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, I think all of us, uh, people of color, whether they're in the matter, black, brown, whatever, mm -hmm. when you reach a certain position, pictures and, and go to these fancy luncheons. And, and is there, is there, does that come with like pressure from the community in a sense? Like, you know what, not so much pressure from the community because the community is not as engaged at the school board level as I would like. Mm, okay. And I, will, I know we'll touch on that, but um, it just comes from within. Because when you know the data, you see the research, it's frustrating. Um, it pisses me off that our students are struggling year over year, and I ask why. Mm. Why are we like this? What do we need to change? How can we make this better? You know, I'm tired of mediocre results. What radical change do we need to make in our local schools to change outcome of these kids? And and so that that you know so that sort of fuel right mm -hmm. um, has pushed me to kind of you know, uh, be an engaged board member. And by the way, there's no school for school board members. So a lot of professional development, a lot of training went into this. I dove right into it. So it's not like that, I... I was going to say you know, that you seek on your own. And, and You have to seek it on your own. There's conferences. There's the Arizona School Board Association that provides training. You have to seek these resources out on your own. Mm. And I dove into it. I connected with board members from across the nation and, you know, to, and educate yourself and, and, and take what's working and maybe tailor it to your community. And implement it, um, and that's what I did, man. Um, good, and, and I, I appreciate. Our, it, it was again, it was just resonating for someone to do that. It, it again, you know, it, it goes back to the passion, right? Your 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 whole in your role, right? Kind of like your best self in, in that position, um, which it was it's like cyclical, not mm -hmm. cyclical, mm -hmm. cycles. Yeah, you know what I'm trying yeah. to say. Um, one of the one of the people in education that I, that I know been in education for over 20 years um, shared with me just just the other day talking about 20 years ago you go into a classroom after summer break say and one of the first exercises is um, times table let's review right 20 years ago stuck you know what I mean for 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 a good portion of the students um, 20 years later different capacity but still in classroom still able to facilitate stuff right doing mm -hmm. the same exercise <clears throat> similar two similar results right so my que my question to you is and then you mentioned like we're trying to figure out what we can do what needs to be done um, but again from a person in your role as well as mm -hmm. your your, your mm -hmm. lived experience like what what is it? What what is going on in the school system? Um, and you can you know focus locally, but to, and it kind of it kind of it kind of explodes out to when we talk about people being involved and is not as invested or involved in the school board level mm -hmm. of politics, right? Um, what what is up with that? You know. <laughs> well, I think. <coughs> 
Okay, so let's take my mom, for example. She obviously cared about how I did in school, but didn't have the luxury of taking time off work mm. to attend these meetings or get involved with parent groups. Hello, because one, she was a child herself when she had me. Right. So a lot of times for some parents, school is intimidating. Going to the office and speaking to administrators is intimidating. These people in suits and they're educated and mm. you might feel a little insecure Already about yourself. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, so I understand it's not the most welcoming place for parents, right? That's number one. Number two, especially if you're a parent of color, you don't see no representation. Right. You're not going to feel it's a space for you. Right. And you're not going to feel welcome. And those folks don't necessarily might not understand how to communicate with you, even though they might have positive intention. There's just no true connection there. Yeah. But what we have to understand is that these elected officials work for us. Mm. We are elected. You vote for who you want, right? You're the boss. <laughs> like yeah. we report back to you. We represent the community. And if you don't know who your school board member is, please Google them. Even if you don't have kids, guess what? You still have a home or somewhere, and guess right. what? That value is affected on how good the school or not is, period. So understand, <laughs> you know, whether you yeah. have children or not, yeah. education matters. Yeah, it, it, you know, you're about to hype me up because, <laughs> like, information is so so critical, right? Especially, again, when we're talking about our community. But, like, just what you're saying, people don't, don't make – and again, I struggle because I'm always seeking answers, right? Like, mm. we, we know the challenges, like, you know mm. the challenges, right? We talk about the research, the data. I see them in my other world and behavioral health, like all these deficits and challenges. How do we flip and get over that hump, right? Sorry, sorry for interrupting. No, 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 you, 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 no, you're, <laughs> no, listen, man, but you're right. And, and first of all, it starts with being engaged. We need our parents to be engaged. We need to understand who the school members are that are running the schools and, what their visions are, you you know, you got to lean in and lean in because the best advocate for your child should be you as a parent. Yeah. Should be our parents. Uh, you know, and Absolutely. so, and, and so we, you know, we, we and, and as a school member, I recognize I have to lean in and create opportunities for parents to get involved and learn how to be advocates and, for their children. Yeah. That's, that's number one, but that, that's a piece of it. Um, and then number two, understanding that the true history of public education and public schools, uh, you know, in its inception, wasn't created for kids that look like us. Period. Word up, yeah. Period. It was never meant for black students or students of color. It just wasn't created. It was created uh, for white students um, who had money, wealthy mm. families. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they didn't even let poor whites get you know ha have an education yeah. uh, until much later. And so, um, again, you know, it was never created for us. Um, and so, understand. And the reason why it's so under important to understand that. That historical to have that historical context because now when you look at their schools and the data and outcomes and you you wonder why Native Americans are at the always bottom tier, well, it, the the system is was designed that way so it's doing what it's supposed to do. Right now I'm not making excuses for why we were you know because certainly there's a lot of cases in which we dude our our kids are some of the, listen some of the <laughs> smartest brightest most intelligent yeah. kids out there and they're doing it. Absolutely. Now imagine. If those same kids had the same opportunity and access to the resources that the other kids have, that's what that's and that's what I want to explore. Yeah, and that's what equity is. Giving these kids, people get confused about that all the time. Equity versus uh, equality. Yeah, equality is eh. We need equity. To, to equity is about giving these kids the resources they need to help them be where they need to be. Their right. individual resource and attention. And in my opinion, in my dream world, if I had a magic wand, every kid would have an IEP. An individual education plan, not because they may have, not because they have a d d developmental disability or learning challenge, but because they need the individual attention right. to their needs. 
to their passions, to their purposes, to their strengths, right. to their opportunities. <clears throat> but we just, the system is not designed that way. So what do we do? Everyone is a Happy Meal. We, we turn out Happy Meals. Mm. We graduate Happy Meals, fast food. Everyone's a burger. You're a burger. Okay, you might be good nuggets, but you're a burger. Yeah. And everyone's a Happy Meal. And we're, we're creating consumers instead of producers. So we need to be creating more producers in this world. Man, yeah, that that, it, that just resonates with with so much. Yeah, we we and like like I was speaking with the educators, some educators just just yesterday. School versus education. They can then go out and be their best selves, right? And whatever that is, right? Right. But we have to give our kids an opportunity. I don't care. You know, for a long time we were told, well, if you don't go to college, you're not going to be anything. But what yeah. about the trades? What about the trades? You know, back in the day, the trades were filled by, you know, blacks. We were building bridges, buildings, yeah, yeah. homes. And, and after a while, it became, you know, hey, we need to ditch this blue-collar life and go to school educate, which is fine. But then all of a sudden, we're not building the homes. We're not building the buildings. Right. We're not building a factory. Not work. And now we're trying to get back into it. But those jobs provided a, a damn good living, mm -hmm. benefits, pension retirement. So I'll, I'm a huge supporter of pointing our kids to the many life paths that exist to get where they want to be. There's not one. This ain't, you know what I mean? This is not Candyland where you got to follow one road. Right. You know what I mean? This right. is, there's multiple ways to get to where you want to get. And if, you know, I, I want my kids to think beyond just, I want to get a job and go work at the warehouse and that's it. I want them to think beyond that. I'll never forget, I, I went and spoke to a fifth grade class and I always ask this question of the, of, of the kids. I say, hey, if every job in the world paid the same amount of money, what would you choose to do? Ooh. One kid raised his hand. He says, I'm just going to work at uh, Goodwill. Or so, okay. Or they said, Goodwill. I said, why? Work in the stores. you got to work for But I'm like, you're in fifth grade. The world is yours. You, yeah. you know, but the problem is sometimes our kids don't see themselves in the future doing great things for whatever reasons, right? Yeah. Like yeah. we talked about. And we need to, in the schools, I think, should be a place in which we're cultivating these these big ideas and these dreams and their passions along the way while we're educating. We have to cultivate that because a lot of kids don't see a future for themselves. Absolutely. Man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, you, you, like I said, you get me hyped up, man. We're going to have to <laughs> you, you start talking about that passionate stuff, man. But, but let me ask you, um, for furthering that, um, I love when I'm able, again, I'm in a blessed blessed position to be able to you know meet and connect and um, mm -hmm. share this platform with folks hear hear people's stories when you're in a, a person of color um, mm -hmm. a minority mm -hmm. um, in, a, in a in a system that represents the the dominant culture's interest right um, one of few folks in that position how do you uh, kind of like how do you how do you make the choice mm -hmm. um, to like, like, just push forward and like bear that burden, like you mentioned earlier, right? You, you kind of have to take on those those heavy shoulder pads, versus, like, like so many people choose to do um, on the flip, versus saying, you know what, I did my toe in it, it's mm -hmm. rough, right? That water coat is, yeah, it's cold, right? So let me go ahead and go to something that's more comfortable, maybe more people that look like me, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. How, how do you? Yeah, it's not easy. Yeah. Um. Definitely isn't easy because there's a lot of times where you might be in rooms where people say the most ignorant comments. I have heard, say, yeah. you know what I mean, and, and you just have to be able to. It takes a lot of discipline and a lot of focus to, to, you know, 
to sit there and 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 educate others on their ignorance. Mm. And um, you know, and, and sorry not to cut yeah. you off, but it, it makes me think of you know I'm thinking of like like damn it, it, it is not fair, right? It, it is not fair, but at the same time, okay, it ain't fair. Now what? Now what? And so part of it is while you're in that position, doing what you can, um, asking the tough questions, speaking truth to power, and being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. You have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. At and that's just what it is. That's what growth is about. Mm. Um, and so not only that, but the second half of that is to be able to create a pipeline there of we go. other folks that then can not only just replace you when you're done, but also can have this seat too. Yeah. And pull up a chair here to this table, pull up a chair to that table. So creating a pipeline and bringing others into the fold, you know, that's that's the second half of, of the strategy and how we get more of us representation um, at these decision-making tables. Because you're right, listen, majority, over 80% of board members are 60 plus years old. Over 90% are white males yeah. over the age of 55. It, and, and that's nationwide. Right, and, okay? and, and that that's uh, an example of pretty much all politics or political positions, right? Federal, legislative, yeah, um, you know, even if you look at their education workforce, majority are still white female. Mm -hmm. um, major overwhelming majority. Right. So what's going on? Um, and that's in every profession, police officers, teachers, Absolutely. first responders. Um, you know, there, there's, there's a lack of representation in all areas. So again, I'm always encouraging and trying to invest in our kids to, to see themselves in those positions. Right. To see themselves, you know, and like I said, in all industries, there's, there's you know, I hope one day to get to a point to where we no longer have first, you know, word, word because we're, we've already achieved that. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I, I just I want to I want my daughter and my I don't want her kids eventually the the first to be done be gone because we would have already achieved a sense of uh, belonging, you know, yeah. in terms of having seat at the table. Yeah. So, man, the, the the dreams and aspirations, man. I'm, I'm gonna ask you a couple of questions um, as we as we wind up this this first hour segment. Like we are, like I like I joked about twenty years in the future, right? So you're you're aiming for one more, one more term, one more term. Um, as you step out, as we go ahead, you know, future tense to this. As, as you pack up, you know, you get that box everybody has when they're leaving their office on the TV shows. You're packing up your box, you know, taking down your certificates and your plaques. At the end of this this last term. What is the goal that you will have achieved um, after having, I mean, it's an extraordinary amount of time in this position. Mm -hmm. Well, the goal would be, be simple, to have made a difference, man. Um, that's, that's it, just, just to have made a difference. Okay. And, um, you know, to position, to leave it better than what I found it. Uh, I was going to say, you're you going to give us that soft answer, Devin? <laughs> hey, because, you know, that will take another 10 minutes for me to go deep, <laughs> deep dive into the whole thing, man. But it would just be to leave it better than what I found it. And okay. guess what? At year eight, we've already done that, man. We're the only school district with a AAA credit rating. We have a high school that's ranked in the top 30 nationally. Um, you know, we were the only high school uh district in the state of Arizona to receive the Blue Ribbon Award from the Department of Education. I mean, okay. we've already done, dude, done some things. light years. We've, okay. we've done, you know, created a, a union for teachers now to have a voice. We give our teachers pay raises every single year. And not just the teachers, but all staff, cafeteria worker, security worker, bus driver. Everybody gets love in our district because we know every position is critical mm. to helping shape the student mind. So I, I could, if I walked away right now, year eight, and said I don't need it, I would feel good about it. Yeah. I really would. But I want to do four more years just to cap it off 
and um, and to really look back and, and just be proud of this bot, this resume of work that I developed. Um, just to point, hey, you know what? I'm, and again, it's for my kids too. They see me, yeah. And I want them to see that dad made a difference. Dad really cared about this community, because in my household, that's non-negotiable. My kids are investing everything. Our parents, you have to get your children involved. Yeah. Take them to get out and volunteer. Take them to get out and do something, because if not, they'll, they'll grow up being spoiled little. <laughs> You know, privilege, entitled little, you know, yeah. Xbox One playing, PS5 loving, Listen. all day Fortnite gaming, unappreciative little kids. And I hate to say that, but you have to instill that level of of just, you have to keep your kids grounded. Yeah, and and, and even, just, just to stand on that point, <laughs> even, even if they not, like, even if they quote good kids, right? It don't that, matter. That, that exposure, it, 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 it creates something different, right? And builds a good human. Yeah, it builds yeah, a good human. Yeah. Your kid can be smart and be a good kid, quote unquote, get good grades, mm-hmm. but can still be a jerk. You want to make sure you, you want to make but, sure you have a, uh, you want to make sure you raising a good human, it, it, well, a good it, person. And it goes back to what you said about building community, right? Yeah, community. If you're not in those streets, having have done some things in the streets, you're in a sense, for better or worse, right, going to be out of touch with them streets. Out of touch. Yeah. So get get your kids plugged in, man, and and that's what I would say. But, you know, yeah, at the end of. Uh, my journey on the school board, yeah, I, I think I'm. A, I, I think I'll look back and say, damn, you know, I, I did make an impact and I did right have a difference. You right know? All right, all right. Um, last question for you, um, and, and unless you choose to stay on for for the next half hour, but what what does Devin do? Um, I, we talked about the hardship, the mm, upbringing, mm. the the challenges. Mm. And then you you came in with some good energy, you know what I'm saying? We talked, you know, talking about my, you coming here looking fresh, like you did some push ups in the parking lot <laughs> and whatnot. So. Dead. So what what, the, what does Devin do for like self care? Like how do you keep yourself like mentally attuned and ready for for the for the job that you do? Man, self care is something I res- as of a year ago re- really started to embrace. Yeah, there's one thing that pandemic taught me, man, is self care should be a priority in everyone's life. And what does self care mean? Well, it can be anything that makes you just feel good, anything that mm-hmm. you invest in yourself, yeah. time that you intentionally invest in you, you time, right? Whether it's five or 10 minutes in the morning when you first wake up, um, for me, that's what I do. Uh, it's five minutes in the morning, it's thinking about my day, not picking up my phone, listening yeah. to positive. I have, you know, there's some great, there's some great dope artists that I listen to that are very positive and, and just, their music is, is rooted in meditation and just self-care. And I listen to these cats and nice. I play it in the morning. And I just, you know, I try to just manifest what I want for the day. Um, and that's sort of my self-care. You know, in addition to trying to, of course, stay healthy, yeah. eat clean, uh, you know, and do do that part physically to keep my mind, you know, keep straight. But really for me, it's the mental, the mental aspect, investing into myself mentally yeah. to ensure my mind is healthy and fit, not just the body. Right on. You know, right so... On. Yeah. All right, man. I appreciate your time. Um, you, you gonna stay with us for another half hour? You got you got to roll out. I gotta roll out, man. <laughs> I got the kids at home. Oh, you I'll know, you. I got I, and, and tomorrow's school. It ain't like you and a busy man. And, uh, you know what I mean? I would love to stay and kick it. Um, <laughs> but I appreciate you having me on. My pleasure, man. Thank you for sharing your time. On, on your way out, how can people get in touch with you? Please, yeah. Um, follow me. You know, let's connect on Instagram. It's a D E V I N Devin for Zona Z O N A. Love to connect there or on Facebook, Devin Del Palacio. You know, if you have any questions or if I can help you out with anything that you might have in terms of questions with the, the lean in and help and uh, always looking to connect with positive people. 
Right on. Thank you again, my brother. We'll, we'll definitely have you back. We talked about some other stuff as far as connection-wise off mic. So I look forward to that. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, my brother, for having me. Thank you. Thank you now. Take care. All right, coming up next, we have Brother Isaac. How you doing? How are you? I'm good. Oh, wait, it's the radio voice again this week? No, I, right before.